grace, mercy, and peace be to you all from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, Jesus' rejection at Nazareth, which we have just heard read. Brothers and sisters in Christ, have you ever given any thought to the idea of rejection? Absolutely, I realize that rejection is not something positive. Rejection is not something that we like to think about or dwell upon, but it is, in fact, something that we do all the time. In fact, we do it even without thinking, sometimes even on a daily basis. Have you ever been trying to get a loan? You really need this loan to pay for your school or to pay for a new car. Somebody offers you the loan, but the payments are outrageous. The interest rate is ridiculous. You realize you can't afford it. So what do you do? You reject it. You have to turn it down. Or you need a job. You've been looking for a job for months, and finally someone offers you employment. But the hours are terrible, the pay is low, the working conditions stink, quite frankly. You can't see yourself in this job, so what do you do? You turn it down, you reject it. What happens when someone is giving you some information, and this information goes against everything you've ever learned, everything that you've ever thought to be true? You cannot accept it. You reject this information. You reject the message, and sometimes you reject the messenger. In our text this morning, this is what happens to Jesus. Jesus is back in his hometown. It's as if you've gone back to your home congregation and delivering a sermon. He goes into the synagogue. He's handed the scroll of Isaiah to read from. He reads the message. And then, as is the custom of that day, he sits down and begins to teach on what he has just read. He'd been reading the prophecy of his own coming, the day of the Lord's favor, the day that prisoners would be released, sight would be given back to the blind, the day of salvation is at hand. Then in verse 21, Jesus says, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Didn't seem to be a problem yet. It was almost as if the people didn't even realize what he had said. In verse 22, we just heard, the people spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that were coming from his lips. But does this last? Do the good feelings of the people continue? Although Jesus had come and he's proclaiming the time of the Lord's favor, the salvation which is about to be given for all people, 
the people are not particularly interested in Jesus' words. And Jesus knows it. The people have not come to hear Jesus speak. They've heard already what he has done in Capernaum. And they want him to do it there in Nazareth, his hometown. They're more interested in whether or not Jesus will do some miracle, something wondrous before their eyes, that ooh and ah factor. Yes, they want a performance, not words. But does Jesus do miracles just for the sake of doing miracles? No. The miracles tell us who Jesus is and what he has come to do. Then after all of this, again, we hear the people, they ask, is this not Joseph's son? Maybe the luster is wearing off just a little bit. The people, as I've said, they're not interested in Jesus' message. And they quickly become outraged. And in a glimpse of the bigger rejection that is to come, they force him out of town and they try and throw him off of the cliff. Try and imagine yourself in a similar situation. Could you imagine rejecting someone in such a manner that you want to kill him? Or closer to the point, can you possibly see yourself rejecting Jesus in the same way that you're so angry with him that you want to kill him? Now, I realize where I am and I realize who I'm talking to. This is, after all, the seminary community. Professors, students, friends, family, present and future pastors. The very idea of us, of us, the people here in this place, rejecting Jesus in such a way seems to be absolutely impossible, absolutely ridiculous. And I agree, the thought is difficult to digest and it's difficult for us to identify with. After all, that was 2,000 years ago. We have so much more knowledge today. We have the benefits of all of the theologians who have come before us and whose books we study here in this place. But I ask you, is there a difference then between us and the people of Nazareth? And again, I am not talking about education or experience or even advances in technology. Really, I'm not talking about any of the differences that you might be able to bring up. But as I've kind of hinted at a little bit early on, we all have this basic instinct within us, this kind of form of skepticism, and let's call it our reject instinct. And we do have this ingrained in us at birth. If you kind of doubt me, have you ever seen a two-year-old defy their parents? 
they'd stand there and they dig their heels in. Maybe they fold their arms across their chest and stick their chins out and give a nice, loud no. And guess what? Whenever we act in a way that's contrary to God's will, God's command, or maybe we kind of, we we know what we should do, we know how to be obedient, but we decide we're going to push that obedience to the side a little bit and maybe do it later, we become just like that two-year-old because we have already decided that we know what's best. And we are just as right as that two-year-old. But the fact of the matter is that the more we do this, the more we defy God and reject his love, the easier that it gets. In fact, over time, the more we do it, it would get so easy that we would, in fact, become just like the people of Nazareth. We would reject Jesus, we would reject his message, and we would, in fact, want to kill him. And Jesus knew exactly how easy it would be for us as human beings to have this attitude. But he didn't come here to measure up to our expectations. Jesus came here with his own expectations, the Father's expectations. He came here, in fact, to do the will of his Father. As he said, I came to be about my Father's business. And that is the difference. The difference has to do with God, not us. While we reject, he accepts. And he showed this acceptance of us through his son, who he sent to suffer and die on the cross and take our sins from us onto himself. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him. He proclaimed the year of the Lord's favor. And although the people who heard rejected him, God continued to show his acceptance by raising him from the dead, his acceptance of the sacrifice that he made for us. And he continues to show his acceptance by giving us his Holy Spirit and the means of grace which, in fact, break through our rejection. We are given the faith to believe. We are given the faith to accept and to joy in the Lord and continue to proclaim the day of his favor. Amen.